Hey everyone, this is Ryan Wolt. Welcome to the Cheers North County podcast presented by the Coast News, where I have a drink with somebody interesting. Today I'm looking forward to chatting with my guest, Justin Slowinski. He's the Deschutes Brewing Market Manager for San Diego, Orange County, and the Inland Empire, and he lives right here in North County. Uh, but first, some sponsor information. The Coast News has been a leading voice in North County for 33 years. We continue to passionately cover the stories of our communities, of local economy, sports, culture, and politics, and of course, the impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic. If you'd like to support our reporting efforts, please go to thecoastnews.com, and if you're able to at this time, click the donate button on the upper left. I've spent a lot of time in the past few weeks catching up on reading. I'm sure uh, a bunch of you have as well. One great book I read was N.B. Hankus's Waking Up on the Appalachian Trail. It's a true memoir from a young soldier returning from his army tour in Iraq. Uh, he sets out to find some clarity while through hiking the 2,180-mile trail with his brother. Uh, the story is an adventure of the mind, the body, and the spirit. And honestly, I read this really fast. It was great. I definitely recommend it. You can pre-order copies directly from nbhankus.com, or you can find the ebook on Amazon now. And it's time for the show. Hey, Justin, how are you? Ah, <laughs> uh, open a cold beer. That sounded good. What are you drinking? Um, I'm actually drinking Dot Shoots. Ooh. It's kind of midday, so I need something light and easy to drink. That's that beer that I didn't believe in when it first came out, I think. Um, Full disclosure, yeah. Justin and I know each other. Welcome to the show. Uh, thanks, thanks for having me. No problem. And at one time, he had a new beer that he wanted me to buy that I said no to, and I thought it was a terrible idea. And I was proven quite wrong quite quickly. I think a lot of people may have proven wrong uh, quickly. You weren't alone on that one. It was, you know, a, a low-calorie, low-ABV um, Pilsner. Isn't always what everybody's looking for. But then once they try it, it was great. They're on board. Actually, that was something I was going to ask you about um, Everything's about COVID these days, and we'll get to that, I'm sure, more than than once. But low-calorie beers was something that Deschutes in particular was really pushing six months ago. You had a new brand coming out, Wowza, still pushing it. It's a low-calorie pale ale. Why the emphasis on low-cal? Why do you think people want it? You know, what is, What's the, air quotes, benefit of a healthy beer? Yeah, you look at you know from a con- you have to look at it from a consumer standpoint. You know, we we often say, "Hey, I'd like to make a big hazy double IPA," or "I really like Schwartz beers," but that's not what the consumer is really looking for. They're looking at the health and wellness trends of essentially the millennials. <clears throat> and I don't use that term negatively. Yeah, I say that as in just a generation of people like Gen X or Gen Z and baby boomers. The millennials are healthier. They're health conscious consumers. Whether it's what they're eating or drinking, you know, and that's the next generation of people who are going to be consuming alcoholic beverages. It's a seltzer boom. You know, a big contributor to that is that it, it is lower in calories, but it feels light when you drink it. So we're a brewery. We make beer. So we needed to make something in that category. So we launched Doc Shoots in uh, January of 2019. Uh, we were one of the first locale beers on the market. And then we launched, as you mentioned earlier, Wowza this year in January. So we have two low-cal beers in that category. Deschutes is is an out-of-town beer for San Diego. What's the difference between representing a beer from out of the city, out of the region, 
uh, versus maybe somebody who's got a local brand following? Uh, I've never read the local brewery, so I'm not... (laughs) <laughs> we can only speak to some of those advantages. Um, but you're a local you know, guy. You're a North County guy. You live yeah, here in the area. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I've earned some respect in the industry, you know, off my work ethic. And, you know, it's the, um, you know, under promise and over deliver. And, you know, I've got a lot of respect for local breweries. And I think they got a lot of respect for Deschutes as well. We really aren't all that different. If you dig down to the roots, we're just an older tree, the bigger can we're independent. We're employee-owned. We make great liquid, you know. And with that, you know, there are challenges of being non-local. You just essentially learn where to stop going and try and sell beer. Well, on top of that, uh, we are in the middle of a pandemic, which you and I have talked about before, how that's impacted the business in general. But w- tell me a little bit about what your life was like as a day in the life of, of Justin, uh, market manager, six months ago <laughs> versus today. Like in my head... I'm imagining it was walking into bars, Top Gun high five, drink a beer, walk into another bar, Top Gun high five. And now it's a lot more of that. You're just, you're doing it alone at home. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the landscape has changed for sure. There's no on-premise open. Um, you, you know, it, <clears throat> each, each, we're finally getting into what everyone's kind of calling the new, new, new normal. Uh, the, the first few weeks were just, nobody knew what was going on, what was going to happen tomorrow. We, we talked about forecasting. We forecasted six different times the first week of this and just trying to learn and think what may actually kind of happen out there. And, you know, to be honest, I work more now than I did then. And it's more of just behind the computer and, you know, trying to find time to reach out to, you know, bar owners and, and you know, restaurant owners and bar backs and other brewery reps you know, having some empathy for people out there that are just getting slaughtered. And, you know, the, the model of own premise where I sell the majority of my beer at my tap room and self-distributing to local bars and restaurants, I mean, I feel for these guys. It's, you know, I've, I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of local small breweries about just ideas or, hey, maybe try this or maybe try that or, you know. Well, what is what is... I mean, now we're, we're, what, two months into this thing? And there's kind of talk of reopening, but that's not, even when things do reopen, it won't reopen fully for bars and restaurants and breweries. Uh, It won't be the same as before, certainly, and there will be some fear there. Where do you see the the local trends, the national trends going in the industry? I mean. The the national trends, the, the, the big guys are too big to, not survive this you know the the, one of the big things that we talked about early on with this and trying to predict what's going on was where do you sell your actual beer you know looking into different channels and when i say channels i I don't necessarily mean on and off premise i mean in the off premise so you have a grocery channel so that's the national stuff that's mandated then you have c stores and gas stations and liquor stores and then in the bigger, larger, older breweries typically have beer in the big grocery stores. So you're selling beer. Now you're selling even more beer in those channels. It again goes back to the small local guys that are, that are you know, it's a small distributor and, and they have a bunch of placements, but they're at, you know, 30, 40, 50 liquor stores around town. The liquor stores are down. People, you know, they're starting to kind of come around, 
But when everyone just needed to stay home, they went to the grocery store, bought everything they needed there, one stop, mm-hmm. and then went home. You know, people aren't commuting to work and coming home and stopping for gas or going inside and grabbing a six-pack of beer or cruising to a liquor store and looking to see what's new. They're, they're trying to stay home because you're supposed to. Yeah. It's, it's What about direct-to-consumer? I mean, how have you seen that? Um, has that oh, impacted you guys? Or Oh, it's been awesome. There's, you know, um, the, the pretty much... Every law you can possibly think of prohibiting self-distributing beer and mailing beer within the state your brewery is in has pretty much been lifted. Anybody can pretty much kind of do anything. Um, but but, you but that's temporary, s- right? I mean, that's not it's, forever. So it's temporary. There was, um, you know, this, this goes way back. I did some really big research on this personally, trying to figure out how we could get beer shipping from Oregon to California. This is California's a huge state. And without having a brewery here, you can't do it. I went into it and I looked really deep. There's there's a case from like the 20s. There's a case from the 40s and another one in the 60s. And then there's another case that was like in the 80s. And these are like federal. And the last case. Um, I was just pouring really, another whiskey there. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, oh, it's okay. I actually need to drink some beer. So, <laughs> so. Essentially, there's a lot of laws in place why you can why you can't do this um, outside your state or somewhere even within your state. All that stuff's been lifted. The e-com e-commerce channel is exploding. Um, people are getting a lot more used to delivery now. For some of these breweries to still be able to stay open after this to really help recover, they're going to continue to need to do that, and it's it's. Going to be really interesting. Your your guess is kind of as good as mine. If that's going to um, stick around, what happened with the other laws I looked at was actually went to um, like the Supreme Court. It was huge, but it had to go through a bunch of local regional um, courthouses first. So unless twenty thirty states really fight this and win it at a local level, it's not going to get pushed up to the feds for quite some time. Yeah. I don't know if that answers your question. I, I hope I hope they can, because it's going to be needed for everybody. Well, I think I, I've been hearing from, and just kind of seeing anecdotally, but like the breweries that seem to be best positioned to survive this, you're right, either had placements in grocery stores, because we have a limited number of places to go, placements in grocery stores where the delivery <laughs> services are providing, like Instacart. You know, if I go in my Instacart, I can, I can order from BevMo, and I can get... Deschutes, or I can get Pizza Port, Modern Times, but that's pretty limited, even for like a large liquor store that delivers. And so you've got a few other breweries locally, like Burgeon, June Shine, and the Hard Kombucha, that have really like almost immediately transitioned, and we're like, we need to be able to get this to people. We need to deliver it. Society, you know, society does flat rate shipping if you want to buy a case of their beer. And but there's other breweries, even smaller. Northern Pines is a great example that. They didn't have the they didn't have a can crawler on site yet. They're small. They're they're really a local mm-hmm. a local like place. You went there to fill up your growler, you went there to get a beer after work, and now they're raising money to buy a can crawler because they see that they can only survive if they can sell beer to go for people to take home, sell beer, you know, for pickup and, and you know, think, that'll be interesting. Think, think of the gold rush. Nobody yeah. digging for gold made any money if the guy selling the pickaxes and the shovels. <laughs> you had a canning line right now and you have excess cans, you are rolling. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good thing. What about, um, 
take me out three three months from now, six months from now. We're in phase three of the state, you know, opening, which means restaurants and bars are open again. Do people go back out? I, I think that's going to be regional again. Yeah, um, uh, you know, I bet in PV people are itching to just die and get out right now and go drink, and they don't they don't necessarily have as much of a health concern. Um, but to go someplace where people might be a little more concerned about it. Um, Carmel Mountain, Del Mar, you know, some of these places where people might be less inclined to the habit of going out. You know, I, in, in three months from now, I, I don't know. I hope, I hope to God it's open. I'm dying to go drink some beer and overpay for bad food, bad service, and, and dip heavy. I'm ready. You, you know, it's, it's, you're looking at states that are already opening up. Look at what's going on in Asia. Look what's going on in Italy and all these other countries that have been through this a little bit before us. Your occupancy is going to be pretty much kind of cut in half. Um, you know, a lot more washing of everything. We, we just ran through actual protocol for opening our pubs and breweries on Monday. They went over all that stuff with us and how we're going to do it, what they're targeting to do. You're going to see limited menus, um, a lot more streamlined. You know, I think about being in a kitchen with seven, eight, nine, ten cooks. You can't be that far from each other. And if you're only doing half the amount of business, you can't offer all the same food. You're going to see lots of um, burgers, pizzas, fried chicken, soups, salads. Sure. The basics. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, which, and you and I have had a little bit of a conversation last night before, too. It's going to be difficult to get some of the more unique ethnic foods, I think. Or those places specifically are just going to explode because you're not going to be able to get, um, I don't know, teriyaki chicken salad someplace. You're going to, I mean, maybe that's, that's actually probably a bad sure. example, but something more ethnic, you're going to have to search it out a little bit more. Deschutes is a kind of a leader in a lot of areas. I've known you now for, I don't know what, three or four, five years. I have no idea. It's been a while. I, I know. I stopped counting. And I have seen how passionate you are about Deschutes. Why is that? Like, why, why do you care so much about the brand? Why do you stand by them? Um, I know that for you, it's not just a job necessarily. It's something you really believe in. Yeah, I mean, I've got a huge passion for alcohol, especially beer. I've always liked beer. Um, it, it, the the company is very, you know, we, we talk about the Deschutes Brewery family, and it really is kind of a family. You know, these guys have been around for 32 years to still be independent, to still be successful, to still stand for a lot of things that they stand for. You know, like I kind of said earlier, we're, we're the same as every small little brewery on every corner. We all want the same thing. You know, we've just been around longer. And kind of being a, I wouldn't use the word father figure, but, you know, I, I kind of, I'm part of something that started way before me and I get to represent something that I really believe in and stand behind to everybody out there to kind of lead by example. Yeah. Well, I think that's a, that's a good thing. That's a good, uh, a good way to end it on a good note. So cheers. Cheers to you, brother. I oh, appreciate it. Thanks for being on the show. Hey everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. This show is recorded, produced, and edited by me, Ryan Wolt, and I think it's very apparent that I have almost no idea what I'm doing yet. But I hope you keep listening, because the guests will be great, and I'll keep getting better and better. Be well, stay healthy and sane, and keep living the dream.
And if you'd like a little bit more content, Justin and I left the recorder on after the show and ended up chatting a little bit more about the impacts of COVID-19 on the food and beverage industry and how direct-to-consumer beverage sales are changing the landscape of beer. See you next time. We've talked about kind of there's going to be some massive closures. Yes. And I have, I have a, a correction with a horrible cost. Yeah. Is what, is what this is going to do to the food and beverage industry. Right. And I... I look at, this was something I was going to bring up the other day and I forgot when we were chatting, but I think one of the reasons why people ignore the impacts of this on the restaurant industry, it's getting some attention. There's an article in the New York Times today about how restaurants are kind of the underbelly of communities and how they essentially create jobs, they create tourism, they create all these things. But I think the way it's being looked at from a higher level, say from a governmental level, is that it's a lower lower priority for you know, helping because somebody will replace them. Yep. Restaurateurs and our entrepreneurs are prolific. If 50 restaurants close in the next year, that's terrible. But I promise you 50 more will open two years from now. Mm-hmm. Somebody will take their place and it'll be essentially a generation of restaurants or breweries, bar owners that are sacrificed for the next generation. Yep. I agree with that statement 100%. And that's a really cold and calculating economic fact. But I think that's part of the reason why when you hear about like PPP not working or you, you hear uh, about local communities setting up economic loans, restaurants aren't really included in that and why laws don't change as quickly to benefit restaurants. And that comes up to me because of the direct-to-consumer, the DTC. I have spoken with two brewers, head brewers locally, they're at max capacity because their DTC is so successful. And they are putting all of their efforts into trying to encourage it to stick around. So, so. But that's a very limited, you know, for, you know, we have 157 or whatever individual breweries, not include tasting rooms. But they saw an opportunity right away, were prepared, transitioned immediately, and it took off. And I see that being the future because I have no reason, truthfully, like I have no reason to go out and shop if I, for any reason the, anymore. We talked about this a few minutes ago. Ecom, it's huge. It's insane. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, myself included, are going to get not even necessarily used to just ordering stuff for delivery, but when you see how actual easy it is, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, yeah, cool, yeah, I'll order whatever it'll be here in an hour you know and if you think about it ahead of time you know the impulse buy stuff's gonna be there but if you're like hey i've got 10 people come over for dinner tonight and i think i need more of this this and this it's gonna be i don't know i gotta run out of the store no yeah it's gonna be yeah just order this in for delivery and there's somebody supposed to have like free delivery it's ridiculous 